You're listening to Movie Homework, brought to you by the Binge Media Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to Binge Movie Homework, presented by BingeMedia.net. My name is Jack. I am joined by my co-host, Chad C. What's going on, brother? Milk the cunt, Jack. We're back. Holy We're back. Shit. Oh, shit. All right, so it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, we've been away, and in that time, we really like doing movie homework. Chad will be the first one to tell you. Uh, we always had a good time doing it, but it got a little academic for our taste. It got a little heavy on the notes, heavy on the homework on our side. and <laughs> Very much so. Well, well you know... We like prepping for a show and making sure that there's a good product out there that's really important. But at the same time, I felt like, I think we all felt like we were kind of getting away from why we were doing it in the first place. We took a break for some time, and now we're back. So we have a new, refreshed format. Now, for those of you who are joining us on Movie Homework for the first time, uh, the idea behind Movie Homework is that myself, Chad, and sometimes a, a third host, and you know, we've swapped out in the past, but... Basically, we, we kind of get down, we, we, we pick a theme, we talk about a movie, and we kind of go in deep. We used to talk about the plot, we used to talk about some of the critical reception and all that stuff. Um, we're approaching it a little differently today. We're going to do something a little more casual, and uh, we're going to be going into some uncharted waters. So this should be interesting. Um, Chad, we've recorded a few times on some other shows, uh, but it's been a long time since we've done this. Um how uh, pumped are you to get back into it? Very excited. Yeah, we've obviously been texting for the last, I think, what was it? It was, I think, May of 21 was the last show we actually did for movie homework, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm very pumped to get get going with this new format and, uh, yeah, just talk about some fucking movies. That's what we're here for. So, yeah, it should be a good time. Um, all right, man. So, we're going to get right into this. I mean, obviously, if you clicked on the link, you know we uh, we chose the film by Damien Chazelle, Whiplash, uh, as our first foray into this new format. Uh, I grabbed a little bit of the trailer, so let's let's roll that. I push people beyond what's expected of them. I believe that is an absolute necessity. I want to be one of the greats. And because I'm doing that, it's going to take up more of my time. And this is why I don't think that we should be together. I would never let him put my son through hell. Why would you let him get away with what he did to you? Yeah, so uh, I don't know about you, Chad, but like hearing that trailer, um, it just like brings me back a few years. I, I remember when this movie was coming out; it looked really interesting. Uh, that trailer in particular really holds up. I recommend anybody go back watch the trailer because it actually it's a great snapshot of the movie, and it has like a sort of propulsive feel to it by the end that, that really works well. I mean, it, do you remember the lead up to this movie at all? Like, were you down with this or? Oh yeah, I mean, I remember it had. It was at Sundance, I believe, the year the, that January, and so it had been picking up steam really ever since. And then, uh, yeah, it, it, once it started doing its like limited rollout, all you heard was, "This movie's amazing. You got to watch this movie. This movie's incredible." So it's like I was very pumped, and I remember it took a long time for it to get uh, like around me showing because I think it, I think it was around the holidays when I actually saw it in theaters finally. Uh, but yeah, I, there was a lot of anticipation going into this for me. Yeah, um, great, uh, great theater experience for me. I remember seeing it with, uh, with a couple of my buddies. Um, 
And I remember it was nominated for some awards, and that was really, back back in those days, that was like the only way that a lot of the lesser known uh, Oscar films were going to get near me. Um, since then, streaming has taken over, and I feel like studios have been a little bit better about putting things in wide theatrical releases for the most part. Um, that could be a side effect of, of the pandemic, I'm not really sure, but um, but this was, you know, what, what year was this, Chad? Was this uh, 2015, I want to say? Uh, 2014 right, yeah, right end of 2014 yeah end of 14 going into 15 when the oscar season yeah of course nominated for best picture and everything uh, yeah yeah I, I think where i saw it at a very indie theater here in kansas city that actually is not even around anymore it was a little two-screen theater almost like the one in the movie uh oh, so man. it was a yeah like slopes uh, and it was like not stadium seating or anything like old chairs and yeah it was uh very weird. Like I remember seeing, watching the, the actual movie theater scene and being like, is this the exact theater that it was filmed at? What's going yes. on here? So. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Thinking back on movies that you and I have talked about or done commentaries for or, or whatever, I mean, we're big fans of Uncut Gems. And mm-hmm. it, it had been a while since I watched Whiplash, but the first thing I thought of when this movie was over was like, God damn, this and Uncut Gems are like kind of in some ways the same feeling, like the same level of stress, you know? Um, oh, yeah. It, it definitely, both these movies live in like the same pocket where I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing and I'm I, it's just like exhilarating to see the amount of, of like strife and intensity in the, in, uh, you know, J.K. Simmons' performance here. Um, it just it totally works for me. Um in the same way that it did the first time that I saw it. Um, I'm actually of the opinion this is one of those movies that even even like 20 years from now, I think I'll still look back on it and be like, yeah, that, that's kind of like, that movie's kind of perfect. Like, I don't know what you would improve on it. You know, it's just, it's it's so of its time and, and it just it just kind of works, you know? Absolutely. It does not, it's not very, it's hour, what, hour 46 also. Sure. It's not overly long. Yeah, it's very the pacing in it is just fantastic too. It's just very like just scene to scene. There's nothing not not really any wasted uh, frames at least from my perspective here. So yeah, yeah. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the acting overall, right? So you've got um, you've got Miles Teller, and for me, this was the first time I had seen him in anything of note. Um, I think he had been in I want to say like a like a, a romantic comedy with. Uh, like Michael B. Jordan and Zac Efron, if memory serves. Yeah, that was that awkward moment. Yeah, yes. he, he was like the he was like the teeny douchebag. He was the, the high school like he was in Twenty One and Over that party movie. Oh, yeah. uh, I think the same year he was in uh, Spectacular. Now it was Shane Lee Woodley also, and he was you know like kind of you know the the bro the the drunk bro friend kind of. And that's kind of going into this. That's what I remember him as. Yeah. Like, oh god, am I going to like this movie because of this guy? But. Uh, Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so the timing on this is, is interesting because um, as we record this, our uh, Oscar no- nominations have just arrived and Top Gun Maverick's been nominated for Best Picture, not to date this podcast immediately, but fuck it, already did. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Miles Teller has a big part in that. Um, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not a Miles Teller guy. I'm not. Um, nope. Okay. I didn't like him in the offer. I thought that he was fine in Top Gun, but anybody could have played that part. I'm not, I'm not convinced, sure. he, you know, he's the only person that that could have been. Um, Whiplash is the only movie he's in where I don't care that it's him. Um, I actually think he's good for the part. There's something about like how young he is in this movie that I think works in his favor. Um, 
I think he puts together like a really solid performance. It, it, he's got like a physicality to his drumming too that I think kind of works for me. I, I'm not a drummer, but I get the sense that he at least kind of knows what he's doing around a kit. Um, but I don't know. How, how do you feel about Teller in this flick? Yeah, I, I, I actually, I don't mind Teller. I, I'm not like a, a big fan of, I actually haven't seen the offer, but most right. things I've seen him in, like what war dogs and bleed for this, only the brave, some of those like, movies, I think he's pretty, he's decent in, um, but it, have you seen the, uh, the short of this before? No, I haven't. The, the 18 minute. So it's, it's a uh, Johnny Simmons is, uh, the part of Andrew in that. And he's the, he's the guy in, uh, 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 Scott Pilgrim in uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. He's like the friend in that. Uh, okay. he, he's a, he's very awkward in the, in that short film, and I'm very glad that he was not uh, cast in this movie because I think I don't know. I think his performance is he's, he's way more like mild mannered. I mean, I know it's an 18 minute short, but uh, I know and he was he was it was him or Miles Teller for this role. Uh, but oh, wow. I think my, yeah, like you said, I think Miles Teller is perfect for this. Uh, I know we'll probably get into maybe some some casting swaps or something a little later, but yeah, I, I don't have any issues with him. I think he, he's him and Simmons play off each other really well, and uh, yeah, I don't know if I see anyone else really in that role. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like the acting uh, theory that I I kind of swear by. I, I think anybody could act in one role. I think the great actors are able to be multiple roles, you know, and convincingly. Um, I don't know. I just there's something about this one that that this this Miles Teller is just good in this. Like his mm-hmm. his standoffness, his slight like dickishness later with his girlfriend, um, and his ability to be like pathetic. Um, there's something about that that just I don't know. It, it totally he totally sells me on it. And this is the only movie that I've seen from Miles Teller where I can I can say I'm actually pretty happy with uh, that that choice at least. But. Um, yeah, and he, he he's been playing the drums since he was fifteen too. So I mean, yeah, he he seems like I'm not a drummer either, but to any I feel like any drummer, he he's pulling it off pretty well. I mean, they, they Giselle, I've heard interviews with him say that he was worried about that to begin with. Like I don't, I think if you know if, if this you don't buy this guy drumming, you're taking out the whole movie, and he he does a really good job at that. So yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, nice, sorry, right. but you know it's impossible to talk about the acting without you know the. Uh, the, the fucking titan that is uh, J.K. Simmons in this flick. I mean, all-time performances. This is this has got to be in the top 50, right? Oh, it's, it's up there. Yeah, I mean, he's just clean-swept every award that season for, like, with, uh, with, I mean, there's no reason that he shouldn't have won. I mean, yeah, he was, he, yeah, he's, he just steals every fucking scene he's in. Like, he just, as soon as his presence is on screen, you're just locked into everything he's fucking saying. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, so the thing that I tuned into most this time was the way that he like psychologically screws with Andrew and and other people around him. Like mm-hmm. he'll go from one moment having like deep despair and you know just being really upset about something to the next time you see him giving Andrew what he wants by you know telling him he has the part in the band still. And there's there's like a there's like this conflict going on with Fletcher where where it's like I never quite know where he's coming from I'm always afraid of like what he might do but yeah. <laughs> it it's not it, somehow it's not to the level of like cartoon villainy like no 
there's a couple key scenes where you see a little bit of his humanity, where, where he's like, he's talking to, um, when they're at one of the concert halls, he's talking to somebody's kid, and he's like, oh, you know, maybe maybe you'll be in my band someday, and he's like, very nice to yeah. him, you know? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, such a dynamic performance. I, I really can't think of another one that's quite like it. Um, maybe the yeah, closest... I mean, he's- it's like Arlie Ermy in Full Metal Jacket, but that's just pure asshole, mm-hmm. you know? This is like something sure. different. Yeah, no, no, he's not He's not a one-note villain at all, because, like, even the uh, Naaman's opening scene when he, he first gets to the, the his uh, band, like, the, the, the first performance, essentially, uh, not the first performance, but the first, like, audition that he's he's there, and the dude's like, oh, you're the... Uh, you're the new backup guy, but he, he pulls him into the hallway before he's calling him the squeaker and he's, you know, learning about his dad and his mom and you can see his humanity there, but then he fucking just turns that on him like instantly and uses yeah. it against him. The rest of the movie It's like, Jesus. Yeah. He's, he's not just a one note guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, jumping around a little bit, you know, the, the later on in the movie, when the two of them have a sit down at the jazz club and he's explaining things to him, um, you know what? Let me let me play a bit of that, and then we can kind of riff off of it. That to me is an absolute tragedy. But that's just what the world wants now. I wonder why jazz is dying. I tell you, man, and every Starbucks jazz album just proves my point. Really, there are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. I mean, that is in a nutshell, his whole character encapsulated in like two lines. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny at work. I have this kind of uh, ironic uh, saying <laughs> whenever, whenever people are, uh, you know, they're like, Oh man, I'm having a real tough time with this. Or like, I can't figure it out. And you know, you're at the point where like you've given them enough rope and they haven't quite hung themselves with it yet. I always say the same thing, man. I'm like, dude, pain's a great motivator. Figure it out, you know? Like, at some point, we're all going to be adults and solve shit and, you know, move forward. And if you can't do it, you can't do it. I don't know what to tell you. But um, I kind of believe in that idea of, like, fight through the fire and the flames and, you know, you come out the other side uh, clean kind of deal. Um, I like that Mm -hmm. about Fletcher. But, but yeah, yeah. so I love the Simmons performance. Um, Want to talk a little bit about Chazelle? Um, you know, there, there are a couple other roles in here. Paul Reiser has a has a bit part, and Melissa Benoist before Supergirl. They're they're fine, but um, but I think this is really more about Chazelle because like we we talk about this all the time. But I think you and I we're both kind of director guys, and mm-hmm. uh, Chazelle has now made four theatrical films. So it was this La La Land, um, First Man. And Babylon. Uh, I've seen three of those. I haven't seen Babylon yet. And, okay. I, you know, for me, it's kind of been a steady decline. I mean, I, I love Whiplash. I really liked La La Land the first time I saw it. I still like it now, but I don't think it's nearly as good as Whiplash is. And First Man, I almost fell asleep in the theater. I found that just dull. <laughs> just just completely yeah. flat, you know. Um it, 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 in fact, that movie gets worse after you watch a series called For All Mankind. You see For All Mankind and you're like, wow, this is fucking awesome. 
why didn't they do this in First Man? And, you know, it gets worse by comparison. But uh, but how have his films landed for you as, as he's kind of, you know, worked his way through Hollywood? So this is a... Uh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on Babylon now because that thing is fucking bonkers. Uh, I, I agree. Whiplash is still his best movie. I actually had that written down. Is Did he peak early? Uh, mm-hmm. Because regardless, I mean... Babylon is an extremely divisive movie, and I personally liked the movie, uh, but I can see reasons why everyone fucking hates it, because it is three hours and nine minutes, and it is all over the place. But, yeah, I, same with you. La La Land, I like. I still like La La Land. I, I'm not a big musical guy at all, but of probably the last 10, 15 years, uh, that and Sweeney Todd are, like, two of the only musicals I actually kind of like. Uh, and then first man, same as you, man. I think I did actually fall asleep the first time I watched it. And then I was like, all right, I need to, I need to go back in and, and watch again. And I still thought it was pretty boring. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting thing with him though, too, is like each of these movies we talked about is he's worked with four different major studios. Now uh, whiplash with, with uh, Sony pictures, uh, La La Land is with Lionsgate, uh, First Man's Universal, and then uh, Babylon's with Paramount now, which they gave him all that money, and it uh, did not make a lot of money at all. So right, it's right. going to be interesting to see. He's not, he's not going to get that budget again, but kind of see where he pivots from Babylon now. Uh, but for this, I think, I mean, like we said, this is almost a perfect movie to me. I think his his camera work, like his even like the zooming in the, at the right uh, times right. with on Miles Teller's face the the quick the quick panning right back I mean it, it's 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 great and and I, I don't know if you've read the screenplay for this but it's it's almost pretty much identical almost like we like Tarantino his scripts are like directly onto the screen there's a little bit in the, mm-hmm. this screenplay that's not in here but it, yeah it's 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 flawless to me I think it's it's fantastic so I think he kind of did peak early which is kind of sad hopefully not but. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, for me, there, I think there are some signs of, of, like, great directors. And one of the things that, to me, I, I think it's always going to give Chazelle, like, I'm, I'm always going to be there for one of his movies um, because of all the fucking cachet that he gets just from this one. Like, the, the tiniest things just get me so excited about this movie. Um, you know, I think it's, like, the second-to-last shot of the film um, when... Uh, you know, Andrew is finishing up the, the the song, and it goes to these two close-ups. I think first of Andrew, first of Fletcher, then back to Andrew. He starts getting like a smile on his face, and then he looks at Fletcher, and the shot is like from his nose up. It's his eyes, but you can see the smile forming on his face too. And then it cuts back to Andrew. Kind of camera swoops in as he finishes the song, and then it cuts to credits. Um, yeah, I just dude, that that's just like. Just a dynamite ending. Like, I love yeah. when a filmmaker knows when their story's up. Um, you know, something I watched a couple years ago, David Cronenberg's The Fly. Like, soon as that story's done, credits. You know, you gotta love that. You gotta love a filmmaker who knows time to go. Um, yep. There, there's something about that. I love that. I love... Another thing about this movie that I really appreciate is that I've seen this movie probably five or six times. I don't like jazz. I don't really listen to jazz. I probably have a couple tunes on my, you know, Plex playlist or whatever, but, like, I'm not a jazz aficionado. It doesn't matter. Like, that, that's totally irrelevant to this movie, and I really appreciate that, you know? And the fact that the last, like, ten minutes of the movie, I don't know, what are there, like, three lines? I mean, it's all just visual storytelling. It's 
Mm-hmm. It's really impressive stuff, man. Um, I mean, one of the one of the actual like saddest happy endings, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's like he's this guy's lost his humanity at this point, but in Fletcher's gotten what he wanted, which is is that is that a good thing? Uh, but yeah, like you even like you're saying like the the close up of each of them, but you also get the close up of his dad too, and his dad's like realizing, oh fuck, like he, he, my son's got to like he's gone to this, like because at this point, you know, who the fuck knows what he's gonna go on? He's gonna be. He's he's reached the the apex of his jazz like drumming, and he's gonna probably just keep carrying on down this path. But, okay, yeah, so, it's, so, it's yeah. <laughs> so so you bring that up. I have two things to say about that. Number one, okay. are we sure that his dad should be there? Like, how does he know that that performance is going on? Um. Well, I think because well, he calls. He even calls uh the, the Melissa Benoist's character sure. and says like, "Hey, I've got this performance." So I'm sure he probably called his dad and let him know too, right? Right, but, like, think about the, the, the logistics of that. So they, you know, they, they, they fucking, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, fuck, uh, cross-examined, or they, they, you know, they spoke out against Fletcher, got him fired, ruined his life. Like, so if I'm Andrew, I'm going to call my dad who knows what happened to me and knows, like, the, the psychological implications of that. And I'm going to invite him to a performance where Fletcher is the band leader. That seems a little odd to me. That seems a little wrong to me. I, I don't know. Do you brush yeah, him against I that mean, at all, or is that just me? Well, I could see the qualm with it, but also there's the line earlier that his dad's like, you're everything to me, you're my world, I'll always be there from no matter what or something. Like, you think I'd let him do that to you, essentially. Like, it's the same scene, but I, I can kind of see where it's like no matter what he's going to be there to watch okay. his son because right. you know that's his like kind of last at least that's kind of how i took it but yeah i could i could see where yeah he's I like get you. I what get the you. fuck are you doing why are you going back <laughs> yeah um the other thing though i totally read paul reiser's face differently i think that that really? the okay. end of that movie proves the idea that like you if you can fight through if you can survive and you can truly like be reborn you can be the best if you put the work in and I think that in that moment, that's his father realizing, like, oh, my God, I see it now. You know, like, to, to me, that's that's what I see from his face. But interesting that, like, you okay. kind of read it differently there. But Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good shit, man. Oh, this movie's good. Um, <laughs> other uh, other details. Um, you talked about the cinematography quite a bit. I, I think that it's. It's great. Um, this is exactly the kind of movie that every year I hope somebody makes where it's about a world I, I don't know a whole lot about, but the story is relatable and, you know, it reminds me a little bit of, like, weird comparisons maybe, um, not, not so much the first one, but, like, reminds me of Amadeus and the Blues Brothers in some ways, right? Like, mm. Amadeus is this story about, like, greatness and what it actually is or means and, and how normal people are, are, you know, react to it when it's in front of them. And the Blues Brothers is a story about two guys who love a certain kind of music and they know the world will love it and they know that if they can just get it out there, then it will be appreciated and loved again and, like, people will remember it's great kind of thing. Um, I kind of love Whiplash in with those two movies as this, like, thematic trilogy about about music and, like, how it can affect people, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And they also happen to be favorite movies of mine, so that's, that's something, too. But... Um, <laughs> So do you, oh, yeah. do you, 
I know I'm I'm the same way as you. Not a big jazz guy, but I have listened to this soundtrack and score like I, I, a lot. I don't know. I, I like Whiplash. I like Caravan. I like a lot of the songs. <laughs> like I, I've listened to it a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, great. Uh, there's a great soundtrack here. I know that somebody toured with the soundtrack and played it live. Um, okay. It, it might have been was it Justin Hurwitz? I think is one of the the mm-hmm. songwriters. Yeah, that's the, um, he's the La La, La La Land Chazelle's partner. He did his first movie, too. The guy in Madeline on a park bench. So all the music for that as well, which is all about jazz also. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I do like all the tunes in this. Um, kind of mm-hmm. kind of makes me think uh, maybe maybe I should, like, dip my toes into jazz once in a while, you know. But I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't have a guide through it, so that's probably not going to happen for some time. But, um, yeah. But yeah. Um, Chad, as far as, like, awards and everything else go you have uh, some stats we can uh, give the people yes so the budget on this movie was three million and the domestic gross was only 13 million but over that's that's still quite a, a great gross for it and then over worldwide it made 39 but nominated for five oscars and at the time was one of the lowest grossing best picture nominees ever which is kind of interesting uh and of course it won three of uh, the five nominations, uh, sound mixing, film editing, and then, of course, we said J.K. Simmons cleaned house at all the awards for supporting actor that year. Well-deserved. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, whoever he was up <laughs> yeah. against, he deserved it, I, I guarantee you. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, you're talking all-time performances here. You just It doesn't get much better than that. But uh, I'm actually going to look. I, I didn't, forgot to do that before, who he was actually up against, but I can do that in the, in the background here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, other things to talk about here. Um, is this the kind of movie that you feel like if it was on cable and you're midway through, you could just sit down and watch the whole thing? Um, I don't know. Definitely. I don't, yeah, I, I think it's an yeah, easy watch. So many, yeah, you can pick up a lot of those. Uh, just, I mean, yeah, so many different scenes of... Like it's like we said earlier, it just it's so fast paced and like there's not really any wasted. So you're just like there's so many different performances too. I mean, and the, we always I know we always used to complain about a lot of the time old movie homework. We're like a lot a lot of these have a great three act structure. This is like a like a perfect example of a great three act structure. Really, I mean it's, it's yeah. The, I mean the first act ends when he uh, I'm upset that whole scene, and then the second act ends when he tackles Fletcher, and then the third act this whole you know beginning of uh, this whole. Final performance and everything. So, yeah, funny I think you, you can pick ma- this up or whatever. Funny you mentioned that scene. I have a clip from it. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? Oh, no. Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will fuck you like a pig. Now, are you a rusher, or are you a dragger, or are you going to be on my fucking time? I'm going to be on your time. What does that say? Quarter note equals 215. Count me a 215. A one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Jesus one, two, fucking three. Christ! I didn't know they allowed retards into Schaefer. Am I to understand that you cannot read tempo? Can you even fucking read music? What is that? Eighth note? Yes, what is that? Dotted 16th note. Sight read measure 101. What are you, in a fucking acapella group? Play the goddamn kit! Ah. Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Answer! Rushing. I mean, 
I'm stressed out just listening to that for like 30 seconds, dude. <laughs> <It's> like, yep. <laughs> uh, this is that is that whole scene is what the short film is. That's what this yeah how he got this made was that ex- this extended scene right there. Yep. Oh man. Whew. Whew. All right. All right. Well, um, one of the things that we had talked about was, you know, this is movie homework, right? And back when you were in school, if you got a yearbook at the end of the year, they had superlatives. So we were thinking, well, maybe we make up some superlatives. So uh, we have a few categories here for you. We're going to try them out, uh, see how they work, see uh, see where they go from there. Chad, Chad, you, uh, you ready for this? Let's fucking do it. All right. So I am going to give you the Cupka. That's that dude. And the Cupka is the scene stealer. Wow, scene stealer or cameo award of the movie. Uh, Chad, who who do you have for this? This one, this one's hard with this movie because, like we said, it's really just the two of them. Uh, scene stealer's got to be Simmons, right? I mean, every scene he's in. Sure. But right, but cameo wise, I, I fucking love Paul Reiser. I know you just brushed over him at the beginning. And he, I know he's only like he's in ten minutes of this, you know, it's fucking Burke from Aliens. I, sure. I love Paul Reiser. I think he's great. He's a, he's great as his dad. He's, you, you feel for him. You, you can see he's, his son, humanity. He's got fucking. We'll talk about the the scene later, but uh, I, he, that's at least for me. What about you? What what is yours? Yeah, your, I'm your, I'm uh, going. So yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. I think we're in lockstep here. I think the Paul Reiser thing though is functionally like really important to the structure of the story because you need somebody on Andrew's side that he can rely on that he can go to it's only for a few scenes in the movie but I think it it buys you so much emotional cachet with him so Mm -hmm. that you can really empathize with where he's coming from why he's making the choices that he is but also understanding that like ultimately there's somebody around that will make sure he lands on his feet. There's somebody advocating on his behalf. And I think it stops the plot from becoming too depressing in, in a way. Um, yeah. I, I think that if you're going to have J.K. Simmons putting Andrew through the ringer, um, then you really need to also give him a chance to to like breathe as a character. I think the scenes with Melissa Benoist, like, you know, they, they serve a different function there. Um, they kind of show you that, like, he's going to make a choice for his life that is not maybe the the best one, but it's the one that he thinks is right. Um, I think that having his father gives the audience some time to breathe and, like, some time to really, like, I don't know, examine what's going on. Like, like Andrew may be, you know, a little bit over his skis, so to speak, with the situation. But, you know, that second to third act break where his father kind of takes the reins and they're like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to let him do this to my son, obviously. Why would you think that? Um, I think it's I think it's functionally, like, really important. So I think Definitely. I think he's winning the cup here. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got another <laughs> superlative. This one's a little bit different. This is the Valley. Well, fucking what it, the it, fuck? It, and this one is the award for the most punchable face or the overacting award. Um, I've got a guy in mind. I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, I am not a fan of Carl. Uh, can't remember the actor's name. But Carl Nate is Lang. the... Okay. <laughs> he, he's the first drummer in Fletcher's band when Andrew first shows up. He's kind of a smug dickhead. Um, 
He's also somebody who, probably because of the way Fletcher treats him, absolutely freaks out at Andrew when he loses the binder. Um, but I think he, he steps a little bit over the line here. Um, anybody else that you noticed that kind of stood out for you? So, I mean, I have both I have both drummers written down. Uh, yeah, okay. Carl is, is, is uh, Fletcher's drummer, yeah, because of the, uh, solely because of the scene. You're a dumb fuck. You're a dumb fuck. Like that is he's, right. he's, he's a little overacting there, and he's not a typical. He, this guy's actually a, a, a real life drummer, and he helped train uh, mm-hmm. Austin Stowell in uh, Miles Teller. But Austin okay. Stowell is my punchable face guy because yeah, he's just Ryan. He's just got this smug ass face. He's almost he's got he's we got these sunglasses on in one scene where he's, he's pulling his shirt down. It looks like this deep V. Like uh, so yeah, the, the two drummers are uh, definitely the the. Uh, the punchable face overacting uh, for me. They, they, they take the cake. Stacking the deck against them for sure. But, <laughs> this yeah. one's, I feel like this movie's easy for these because, like, yeah, there's not a big cast, but yeah, we can be lockstep with a lot of these. It could be. It could be. All right. I think this one we're going to deviate a little bit. We're going to call this award. This is the PJ. Dynamite drop in, Monty. And this is, uh, if you were going to swap out a member of the cast for, you know, somebody else that could play the role, who would it be? Do you have any thoughts? So, I thought about this one a little bit. Um, I think Nicole, Melissa Benoist's character, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think Rooney Mara would be good in that role. Oh, um, interesting. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I think she's a little bit better of an actress. I, I was also thinking, like, with if, if Miles Teller, we swap on Andrew for anyone, the only other people that I because he's 26 and he's playing a 19-year-old in this movie, but he, he looks young. Yeah. Some people that are around that age... I don't know. Michael B. Jordan came to mind a little bit. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. And then maybe Shia, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. Huh. Uh, I think he could maybe pull this off a little bit because he's such a method actor and shit. But I, I think everyone, I think those two are perfect. It's like Simmons and uh, Teller. So I, I wouldn't replace either of them. But what about you? All right. So we talked about Teller. I said I'm not a fan, but I do, I do kind of love him in this movie. I think he's great. Um, however, if I had my way, I know that I would recast Andrew. And given his age, given what I have seen from this actor since Whiplash, I know he's got the chops to do this. He would have been an, a left field pick, I think, at the time. But I probably would have gone with Nicholas Holt in this role. Ooh, okay. So, I like it. you know, obviously fucking Nux and Mad Max, which we all yep. love. Uh, mm-hmm. Just saw him in the menu. Thought he was hilarious. Um, played, so good. Yep. played smug <laughs> dickhead better than anybody i've seen recently um yeah i think he probably would have been the right age the right look and i just like him better as an actor so if i was going there it'd be nicholas holt so yeah he Uh, was uh he was in law's favorite movie warm bodies around this time i think right oh man that's 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 a a tough role tough role i just remember law shitting all over that movie on the old show (laughs) oh yeah yeah well let's not hold that against nicholas holt forever because he was also in maybe the best action movie ever made so Witness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next, we're bringing in the Ammon. Tell me something about something I was reading about. All right, and this is for best quote of the film. Okay, um, I I kind of want to hear what you have to say here because I oh, don't God know where to go. Dude, there's so many good ones. I've written so many down. Uh, I. I don't. I don't want to take too much from uh, my my favorite scene, so sure. I'll, I'll leave that quote out. Oh, man, this is actually this is you really know what? Tough. You know what? 
I just realized I actually pulled a quote from this movie as a drop just to have, like, in my bucket of drops. I wasn't even going to play it on this show. I think it is my favorite quote, though. I fucking use this quote all the time. I use this at work all the time. Like, <laughs> somebody asks me, like, oh, you know, what'd you think of Avatar 2? I'll say to him, not quite my tempo. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is very quotable, yeah. That's got to be my um, favorite quote of the movie. Not quite my tempo. It's perfect. Yeah, it's not. You give a calculator to a fucking retard. He's gonna uh, turn on, try to turn on a TV with it. No. Um, I, I don't know. I, Barker, that is not your boyfriend's dick. Do not come early. Is one of my favorites. I fucking oh, love man. that one. Just so many of Fletcher's quotes are, are amazing. Uh, yeah, I, but I think honestly, my favorite quote is at the dinner table, like the dinner scene. But oh. uh, I'll leave that. I'll leave that for uh, that. Okay. Quote. Yes. Yes, good stuff there. Very good stuff. Fuck off, Johnny Utah. Turn my pages, bitch. There's there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them here. <laughs> You're a dumb fuck. I do kind of like that in the moment, but it's overacting, so fuck, you know, whatever. Whatever. All right. Um, next superlative is the TM. I mean, wow. And this is what holds up and what doesn't about the movie. Um, let's just... Before you say anything, let's just put J.K. Simmons aside. Obviously, it holds up. We both have that on our list. You're yep. not going to deny that. That's going to hold up forever, folks. That is an all-time performance. Let's not touch that. So, other than that, anything stand out to you as either holding up or, or starting to seem a little little uh, long of the tooth? Not not really. My only thing is fucking Raisinets on popcorn. Come on now. Come on now. Is, are you a Raisinets on popcorn guy? I don't like Raisinets, dude, so I'm, I'm okay. upset. Okay. I'm, that, I mean, honestly, we'd be picking nits. I, there's not really anything I don't think holds up with this. And I think, yeah, it's going to stand the test of time. But that shit just annoys me. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know. Here's like the thing about frog. raisins, right? Like, why am I eating raisins unless I have a digestive problem? Like, I don't <laughs> I don't need true. that in my life. I ate them when I was, like, four, and then I moved past it. Like, there are better <laughs> fruits. I, I don't get it. Um, They're a popular yeah. movie, Candy Man. A lot of people buy that shit. <sighs> Fucking a lot of a lot of brain damaged people. Um, okay, so <laughs> for uh, for what holds up, Simmons, we'll put that aside. I think the editing is stellar. I think again, that's always yes, going to be yes. great. Um, mm-hmm. The per- and uh, sorry, the the editing and the direction. I, I think that just like technically, this movie looks just as good today as it did in 2014 when it came out. Obviously, it hasn't been a, a, a ton of time between then and now. But, you know, there are movies like, um, you know, like uh, like Skinamarink that just came out that looked like shit when it dropped. And it's always going to look like shit. And it doesn't hold up at all. So this, I think this one has some staying power. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the only thing that, for me, looked a little odd. And, you know, given what we know about how Teller trained as a drummer and you know, has the right posture and has the right moves. You know, Pete mentioned something to me once about how, like, concerts can sometimes be tough for him to watch because he's, like, keeping up with the beat of the music and then it'll cut to the drummer and the drummer's not actually hitting the drums in time with the music and that can Uh, mess with his head. Um, mm -hmm. I think that there's one little mistake that they make in the movie. It, It doesn't kill it, but the fact that they have him playing, like, double time swing and they have him going at a speed that they never actually show the drums and they don't have a body double to play at that speed. I kind of wish that they had that, you know, like if you go on Uh, YouTube and you look up buddy rich and you see him playing 
at that incredible, incredible speed that he played at, it's like the cameras that they're recording it with can't actually capture the mo- the movement of the sticks. It's it's impressive, you know. Um, mm-hmm. If there was anything that I would have done, I would have tried to find a drummer double that could actually play at that speed, just for an insert shot or two. Um, doesn't kill the movie, just. You said picking nits. I guess this is picking a nit a little bit. So, yeah, okay, that's okay. just what it is. Um, all right, next award. Uh, you'll be happy about this one. This is the Chad C. I know this is a hot take, and this is the most entertaining scene of the movie. Um, where are you going with this? So I'm not going to do the. I think it's hard not to say that. Uh, scene we played the the clip the from rushing or dragging or, scene yeah that, that's the most iconic i feel like but for me the dinner scene is i think my favorite scene in the movie because it really kind of sums up and encompasses the entire theme of the movie you know what is the prize of success how do you even define what that is and is it even worth it you know how, or do you want to be you know happy healthy have friends or or do you just want to leave even like leave something behind for people that you're like not even going to know for to appreciate right it's, right. it's almost like i feel like chiselle wrestling with himself too because it's like he, he's making these movies and shit he's not going to meet half the people but he's making them for their enjoyment but right it, it, to the quote of what uh andrew says he says i'd rather die drunk broke at 34 and have people at a dinner table talk about me than to live to be rich and sober at 90 and nobody remember who i was i don't know i just I, that scene and, and he's fucking such a dick in that scene too it's talking about the fucking division three <laughs> The words you'll never hear from the NFL. It's fucking, yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. I, I it's fucking so love that scene so much. Yeah, that's that's mine at least. What about you? So many great scenes in the movie. It's a movie full of great scenes. I mean, even even the smaller ones. Um, you know, just I'm gonna call out a couple real quick. The first scene of the movie where Andrew's playing drums and he, you know Fletcher comes in for the first time and you already mm-hmm. are getting this like imposing figure and they're not communicating directly. They're kind of like. You know, he's like, why did you stop? Andrew starts playing again. He says, I asked you why you stopped and you started playing like a wind-up monkey. You know, it's just like, yep. it's so fucking passive-aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. The little moments with Fletcher later on where, uh, you know, Andrew goes into his office and says, fuck you, that's my part, you can't take it from me. And Fletcher is like absolutely apoplectic. He can't even talk to Andrew. He's like, not now, get out of the office, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think though the ending is my favorite scene of the movie. It's yep. it's one of my favorite scenes of all time. It's one of the greatest endings I've ever seen in a movie. I, I don't know how you get better than that. You get this like fucking ten minute sequence where Andrew goes out on stage. Fletcher goes up to him. What do you think? I'm an idiot. I know it was you. Different music than what he was told they were going to play gets demoralized, walks off stage, and then immediately says, no, fuck you, and he goes into it. And God damn it, dude, the power dynamic between the two of them in that scene and just, like, Andrew wrestling control of the band away from Fletcher as the music's playing, <laughs> fuck, man, it's the best. I no. I, I mean, it, it's the ending and all that, but, like, I, can't, I, I love so much of this movie. I can't, it doesn't get better than the ending. The ending is, like, the perfect note no. to go out on. Pun intended. Yeah, so there you go. Bookends, bookends in the same way. I mean, opens the the movie with him drumming in Fletcher, ends it with drumming in Fletcher. I mean, yeah, it's it's perfect. 
Perfect. Yep. I Absolutely. mean, if I if I can gush a little bit more about that scene, the only other thing I want to mention too is that like you see the audience briefly and you never see them again. They're on stage yeah. and there is no shot showing the people in the audience and whether or not their reactions matter whatsoever. Fletcher yeah. just turns around at a certain point and it's him and Andrew and they're in the pocket and they both know they're fucking they're gonna do it. You know, like it's amazing. It, it's an amazing. Yeah, scene. The- Way to make this movie the ending worse is that you know the typical bullshit would be standing ovation right of the crowd. So right. yeah, it's, and it doesn't do. That. I love that it does not do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cut the cuts immediately. Amazing, amazing stuff. Um, all right, last superlative we've got for tonight is the PMC. And this might seem a little redundant, but this is actually best use of music in the movie. Man, I, I, I got to double down. I'm just going to say it's the ending. Like, I, there's a lot of great stuff. Here's what I'll do. I'll say a, a different scene just to shine a light on something else. During the rushing or leading scene, specifically the section where Fletcher is working with Andrew to start playing the tune at first, before the whole rushing and leading part, he must start that song eight or nine times before getting the chair thrown at him. And... yeah. Every time you can just kind of see, it's almost like a fucking boiling kettle and it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. And then all of a sudden the chair gets thrown and all of a sudden it's on and then all hell breaks loose. Great use of music. Yeah, I mean, Whiplash and Caravan are the two, you know, songs that get played pretty much over and over in this movie. And Mm -hmm. I fucking love both of them, but. If I had to lean, I think I lean Caravan, not ending scene. Yeah, the, the music there, I just fucking love that song. It's great. Yeah, it's perfect. Can't, uh, it, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. We're going to just fucking keep stroking this movie off, but what do you want from us? It's fucking great. You can't help it, you can't help it dude. You can't help it. A great movie's a great movie, and we picked a great one, and uh, congratulations to us. That's all I have to say. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, that, I think... About does it. You know, I've got extra credit here. Anything else we want to bring up about uh, about Whiplash here before we uh, close this thing down? Just glancing over my notes here, seeing if I missed anything, and I don't know if we did. Ooh, yes, okay. So, I think we did. W- would this be better with a Ben Stafford? I don't think we said that, right? Good point. Oh, boy. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I need in this i needed pete mc in the drum off you know he's a drummer we know he's a drummer i need him as part of that he's he's in there doing the double time swing rotating with andrew and tanner and ryan okay so (laughs) that's 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 how i think it makes it better so all right so (laughs) pete would never be in that situation though because it's because it's no absolutely not not gonna gonna yell that fuck off you know and just leave which i I don't blame him i do the same thing but let's let's let let's let's go a little further here okay Let's say Pete is Andrew and Law is Fletcher. I think <laughs> I think you have something there. I think you have something there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Law just okay. absolutely losing his shit on Pete, but Pete not wanting to sit there and drum, but having like loyalty to binge, and he's just like, oh, fuck, I really don't want to do this, but like it's Jim Law. Like I gotta I gotta fucking I gotta fucking play the song for Jim Law. Like I gotta do that, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. The only situation that would make sense for the both of them. There could be we could flip it to even at the binge cast where it's like Law just constantly trying to get Pete to fucking watch one of the Star Wars spinoffs he doesn't want to. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Beautiful. Oh, God damn. God 
Goddamn. All right. Nice. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it for this uh, this episode. This was a uh, you know a pretty brisk conversation, but you know we this is a movie that the two of us really love, and we align on a lot of it. Um, so really, the last thing we have to do here is we have to give this movie a rating. Now, on other shows, we've got see it, stream it, skip it. We've got our, uh, you know, one to ten scales. Uh, the weaker amongst us give half ratings, and, you know, then they have to sleep at night with that knowledge, but that's fine. Um, here, we are going to mix it up a little bit, and we're actually going to give out letter grades, because this is movie homework, and letter right. grades make sense. So, we're going to go from an F all the way to an A+. Plus. Um, I'm just... Gonna say, uh, for, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it right out there. This is an A plus movie to me. This is an A plus. I can't imagine a better movie. Um, there are a couple tweaks here and there. We talked about them at length, but man, I, this is just, this is what I want out of the movies. Whiplash is a movie that I know, I know for the rest of my life, I'm gonna be watching this movie. I'm gonna be recommending this movie. Um, it just, it, it's, it's pretty timeless. Um, it's a great time, and I have to give it the highest mark. So it's an A plus for me. Chad, how you going with this? Sweep it up, man. Sweep it up. A plus for me as well. Yeah, I mean, you we summed it up so well. I mean, there's there's not a lot. I think this is one. This is easily one of my favorite movies of the last decade. Yeah, uh, I've watched it twice this week, and I could easily throw this on as soon as we're done here and watch it again, and still fucking love it. So yeah, A plus for me as well. Um, I guess before we go, I did say I was going to pull this up. Best supporting actor that year was oh, yeah. Robert Duvall, Robert Duvall for the judge, uh, Ethan Hawke in boyhood, which was, you know, filmed over all those years, uh, Edward Norton in Birdman, Mark Ruffalo in Foxcatcher. So yeah, I think Simmons, uh, easily, easily takes it that year, which he did. So yeah, yeah. that's all I got. A plus and, uh, yeah, can't wait to keep going with this. It'll be, be a fun, fun show. Outstanding. All right. Well, um, Seven zero eight four zero six nine five four six is the phone number. You can leave a voicemail for the boys. If it's for us, just uh, have them forward it along, and we will get to it on the next show. Uh, find us on uh, Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Binge Media. Make sure you're subscribed to the full binge on Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you the entire binge cast, all of our premium commentaries, premium content on there as well as all the stuff that uh, pops up on the free feed, as well as the sports cast and, uh, and what have you. So, um, Also, we've got our Last of Us commentaries that are dropping these days. Make sure you subscribe on the main feed and you get those. And uh, I think that about does it. Chad, have you got anything else before we get out of here? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. All right, man. In that case, I'm saying peace. See you. Thank you for listening to Movie Homework, a Binge Media production. Follow the Binge Media Podcast Network at bingemedia.com, patreon.com slash binge media, or wherever you get podcasts. Got a movie suggestion? An award suggestion? Send us an email at bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. Binge Media.